In the last 10 years, our field has gone from an unknown specialty to a household name. This brings unprecedented opportunities, but we need to rise up to meet them and give our patients the care that they deserve. In order to help others get better, we need to be better. This podcast will help you to become more confident with your patients, more successful in your practice or business, and a leader in pelvic health. And we're going to have some fun along the way. Join us as we rise together. We're Jesse and Nicole Cozine, founders of Pelvic Sanity Physical Therapy and the creators of the Pelvic PT Huddle. And this is Pelvic PT Rising. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Public PT Rising Podcast with Jesse and Nicole Cozine. Hey Nicole. Hello. We're also here with Clay, so if you hear a little bit of background, that might be our little guy. Uh, has some stuff to say on the podcast. Nicole, 300 episodes, a half a million downloads. Did we hit it? Yes. Oh, cool. I didn't actually know that until right now. Dude, freaking half a million downloads. Super grateful for you guys. For all of you who listen, and especially those of you who've been listening for a really long time, but also to you new followers here, man, that is so freaking cool. I'm really excited. You know, when we first started this podcast, it was born out of the pandemic, and when we had to shut down Pelvic Sanity for 10 weeks, and, you know, I remember thinking like, oh gosh, you know, is is there really going to be enough interest from the pelvic rehab community so that we could really make it twice a week? And what are we going to talk about? And are we going to run out of ideas? And the answer is obviously, yes, people do have interest and no, we will not run out of ideas. <laughs> so yay. Thanks so much for being here. Yeah. So we thought we would do a quick kind of reintroduction for those of you guys who are a little bit newer or for those who have been with us for a while. We get a lot of kind of personal questions. We get a lot of stuff kind of about our journey and just wanted to kind of harken back to some of those older days where we didn't really have an outline. We just had some questions maybe that you guys had asked and kind of talk a little bit about what our kind of journey has been. So wanted to get some questions in that you guys have asked us. Some of these are going to be good, prompting some interesting discussion. wanted to just give you a quick little reintroduction to Nicole and I and kind of our history through all of this. But Nicole has been a pelvic floor physical therapist for 16, 17 years? I think almost 17. So I graduated in 2006 from PT school and, and shortly thereafter became a pelvic PT, started a program at a hospital-based system. And yeah, so whatever that math is, I'm not good at that. <laughs> yeah, worked at a hospital program, started that, went to work as a clinical director and grew another private practice, which you guys hear hearing some stories from the practice that shall not be named, and then started Public Sanity in 2016 and kind of quickly grew that to one of the larger cash-based practices around. We've been really excited to see more and more of that happening, more larger practices coming up, more jobs opening up in the cash-based world. So really excited about that. And then we started Public PT Rising in 2019, really due to seeing Some of the limitations, some of the challenges that our own staff were having in terms of training and confidence on the clinical side and then eventually leading to the business side. So that has been, you know, really gratifying over the last three years or so. Nicole, you've done four full length courses, Essentials, Public PT Essentials, which is what you want for every single person, basically what we have our staff take between, you know, before they're actually starting to see patients. 
Not Your Mama Kegels, Essential Pelvic Strengthening. We just had another cohort go through that. Basically how to break free from the isolated strengthening approach and get a more adaptive strength approach. Rectal evaluation and treatment and interstitial cystitis, holistic evaluation and treatment. So that's all the clinical side. And then in doing some of that, we kind of fell in about almost three years ago now into doing business mentorship. I've now worked with more than 200 practices to start to grow to scale. Uh, We have some really exciting things coming out on the business front as well. And we're also really excited in about a month, we're going to be doing our second annual Pelvic PT Rising Retreat where members of our business community come out and actually hang out here in California. We do some teaching. We've got a special guest this time, which we'll be posting about. Really excited. And some other cool activities. So that is kind of it in a nutshell. Did I miss anything big? No, we have the, I mean, we obviously have the podcast. The book. Oh, we we wrote the book, The Interstitial Cystitis Solution. That came out right as Pelvic Sanity was born. What's really cool, I think, too, over the last few years to really see, we're, we're almost at seven years of pelvic sanity. And when we first started and grew like gangbusters really fast, we had at five clinicians, six clinicians, no, five clinicians, I think at that point, And we were, were cash-based pelvic PT. And that was like one of the biggest ones in the country, I feel like at that time. And now it's not. There have been even some people in our own mentorship group that have that have surpassed the number of people that they have working for them, which is freaking awesome. So love to see that growth, especially in the cash PT realm, which if you don't know us very well, you will know that we are extremely passionate about not letting insurance companies dictate how we treat our pelvic floor patients. And there's a lot of reasons for that. You can go back and look at some of those podcast episodes on why we believe that that is so important. But yeah, that's us in a nutshell. That'd be a good one to do another one on too. We haven't done that in a while. Yeah, not in a while. And actually, I was cringing the other day. Somebody asked me something, I forget. And I was like, oh, we had a podcast episode on that really early on. And I went back and I listened to it. And I was like, oh my God, what am I even saying? I was like, I'm just saying words. That was when we... (laughs) It was not good. We were not good. It's been fun to kind of grow into this podcast. And I, yeah, listening back to some of our old stuff is. Yeah, we need to like redo everything before like Like episode 50. 50. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Well, you know, it's interesting. They, They often talk about it in television, being out here in Southern California. Basically, when you write a TV show, a lot of times they write the first season and then they throw everything away and they start over because that's how long it takes to get something pretty good. So. We have been doing this now for a while and getting it figured out. And hopefully we're better today than we were yesterday. And hopefully we'll be better tomorrow. So we get a couple of questions from you guys. I just want to hit some of uh, the most common questions we get. Nicole, what is it like working together? We get this a lot. Jesse, what is it like working together? I mean, ultimately, I think what's really cool. So the, the whole Jesse started working. We started working together because my solopreneur public health practice grew like crazy, super duper fast. And it was to the point where for a lot of our folks that are going through our our business mentorship, you know, once you hit 18, 20, I mean, 25 patients as a solopreneur is out of control because really you're usually looking at about double the amount of time in the admin. So if you're seeing 25 patients, you're, you're working at least 50 hours, if not more to service those 25 patients. (laughs) 
Well, I was able to scale fast by myself because Jesse was helping me with that admin role. I think I got banned. <laughs> I got banned from scheduling and from the phones like really early on because Jesse was doing some consulting work and heard me basically do like an entire subjective exam on the phone one day and was just like, that is not what you're going to do. I'm just going to answer the phone for you. You just need to treat patients like... <laughs> We can't be treating patients over the phone and like just get them to come in. And then that was sort of born out of necessity just because I was so busy. And I, you know, then I was able then to see, I think my record was 48 patients. Not that that's like a, I'm not bragging about that. Actually, we would never advise that anymore. It's a sign of actually how unhealthy things were. At that yeah, point where it was just like, business. oh my gosh, I just have to see so many people. But that's how Jesse started working at the practice was basically just helping me because I was growing so fast. And then, you know, he has like a lot of cool skill sets. You know, he's been to business school. Not that that, not that we use hardly any of that. Yeah, that anymore. was that was just a that was something I only did to uh, make Nicole's dad feel a little bit better about letting his daughter marry me. <laughs> I know we can't. We're like, you need a master's in something because you can't have two levels. <laughs> I have a doctorate. You can't be two levels. Right. So it's actually a funny story. So I got an MBA. I made the decision to do that. And I think it still holds as like the fastest anyone's gone through this online program. But it, it took like 12 weeks and I finished it like five weeks before our wedding or something like that. It was like it was one of those like, oh, shit moments. Like, I don't think we should be doing this with uh, with two levels of difference here. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so that's how Jesse sort of became to be a part of pelvic sanity. And then I think that you were also, quite frankly, in like a space of your life where you were like not totally loving what you were doing in the business consulting world, you know, doing FDA approvals, 510K process stuff, which is all very nerdy. But I don't think you were really loving it. I think it was just like busy work for you. And then it was kind of like, well, what are you going to do? And then he ended up being not only really good at helping me, but also really started to enjoy the business backend stuff. And once he got involved in that, we even grew even more. And then we hired a bunch of people and it was just like, you know, we grew out of our space really quickly and, and all of the things. So that's sort of how we started. And, and in terms of how it's going, I would say ultimately it's going, I think it's go, going great. I mean, I think that we complement each other really well. I think that we've had to, over the years, really define our roles really well because it doesn't work wonderfully when we're we both have an opinion about the same thing because we both are pretty strong-willed people with very distinct views of how things should be done even though Jesse's a not a one I am on the Enneagram so I definitely have very strong feelings about what we should be doing and so I think that Ultimately, we end up working really well together, but it has caused some, uh, it has caused some big, like, things. What are we, what is one of the biggest things that we've, like, blown up about? Let's see. We had a lot of stuff about email early on. It was really a lot about boundary type stuff where it was like, oh, you would be answering some emails and I would be answering some emails and we didn't know who was supposed to be answering it and something would fall through the cracks and both of us would be frustrated. Oh, yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah, you that want, was division you know of labor. You also really didn't like early on when I said things that were not technically true, but were very, I felt was like conveying truth without being technically accurate. And I got really frustrated because I felt like, oh, that's so pedantic. So I would say something like insurance won't let us see people for an hour. And Nicole was saying, well, that's not entirely true. Actually, you absolutely could see somebody for an hour. They just won't reimburse for the second 30 minutes of it. 
And I was like, but that's basically telling us that you can't see someone for an hour because who's going to work for 30 minutes for free? We had a lot of like kind of back and forth on some of the language stuff. And, yeah, we still do a little yeah. bit. I just think that I think we've really grown in our each of our roles to respect each other, but still will challenge each other when we need to. And even though that freaking irks me a lot of the time when Jesse challenges something, especially when it's something that I think I, I, I do know more than he does, but then he comes up with some smart way to make me articulate something that gets frustrating, but really ends up needing to happen. It happens a lot when we're, when I'm in the creative process of my clinical courses where, or the way that I'm going to present something makes you bring up about a certain way where like, oh, what if you did it this way? And I'm just like, no. And then all of a sudden it's like, actually, shit, you're right. God damn. Like I get so <laughs> mad when he's right sometimes. Well, and that's for both of us. But I do think that that is one of the interesting things about the way that we work is that I think one of my things, if, if I had to say something that I'm actually bringing to the table is I feel like I do a, a good job. And this is something I've had to do at work for a long period of time, but making complex things simple and trying to push you, Nicole, to make things more simple or, or articulated in a little bit of a better way, where I think you have a much more like, I want all of the information. I am, you know, like, for example, when you did essential public strengthening, like that took, first of all, that was like a years long thing where you At were least. thinking about it. Yeah. But then, you know, we had hundreds of pages of papers sitting around the house. And I think almost like it's like you're the author and I'm the editor. If you think about it in like the writing aspect where it's like you wanted all of this stuff. And like, I love the Stephen King quotes, like editing is like killing your darlings. That's what it feels like, which is why a lot of times I think leads to some conflict for us where I'm like, I don't think that actually that paper does, isn't that interesting. Or this section is just, it, what does that really add to your overall point? So your courses probably start off as twice as long as they really are. And then we work together to really hone in on it because it's, I mean, what's the point of putting out a 36 hour course that somebody has to go through? Like the whole reason to work with, you know, to take something from Nicole is that she's distilled 80 years of research into a manageable 12 hour piece of work. Yeah. Another example of when that sort of worked really well was when we were writing, that is Jesse's superpower, by the way, is to make something really complex, really easy to understand in kind of anything. So that's what he used to do you know, for, with all of the FDA submittal process and everything like that. And, and I don't know if you guys know this, but Jesse has a physics degree. So we pretty much can like distill and, and analyze anything with a very like engineer type mind. So, but one of the things is that what one another remember in, when we were writing the IC solution where I was like, we have to put like the names of the muscles in and stuff like that. And he was like, no one cares. It was kind of like that, that part of Shit's Creek where it was like, seriously, nobody cares. Nobody cares about the pubococcygeus. No one cares what that means. And I was like, it does matter. It matters. Or like you said, I make my patients care. Right. right. It was always your thing. Yeah. It's like, well, my patients care. It's like, because you made them care. Which is totally fine, but we can't continue to put. So we our compromise was we we did it once. You got one got use one of pubic anatomy, yeah. and I got one like anatomy section where we actually did that, and everything else was more of like a generalized pelvic floor muscle talk in that IC solution. And especially for that, which was a patient centered book, it was really important to have that sounding board. So that just gives you like a little bit of insight into our process and our working together. And it's, it's definitely posed some challenges. Yeah. What do I do that really annoys you? Oh my God, you guys. Hold on. The uh, list is coming here. 
In addition to your loud chewing and sometimes loud breathing slash breath holding, which by the way, you guys, I guarantee he has like a major pressure management problem because of the way he holds his breath in certain ways. But that all aside, some of the most annoying things about you, Jesse, is that you're like obsessed with efficiency. And so where that can be really helpful at times, but it can also be almost to the point where it's just like, oh my gosh, like it's okay if something isn't perfectly the most efficient way. Like we can talk for like 10 freaking minutes about the way that we should go home to maximize the right-hand turns. Yeah, we don't want left-hand turns. I mean... UPS put in a system that eliminated left-hand turns and it saved like 17% across the board on efficiency and gas mileage. You guys, this is my life where it's like... Why would we ever turn left? It's like, great, that's fucking fine for you. But like, also, sometimes I just want to go this way just because, you know? And so I think that it serves us well in a lot of areas. And in some areas, I am just like, OMG, what did I do with my life by marrying this psycho? That's that's a very fair, very fair analysis there. <laughs> okay, Jesse, what dare I ask, what bothers you about me you know overall when i look at it in totality i feel like it's actually a really good balance i feel like you are always so down on any new idea when it's presented like (laughs) all these ideas are firing and it's like nicole's like that's stupid (laughs) like every single idea that you guys have heard us do on here like nicole at one point or another has been like that's stupid Actually, the funniest part of that is that the pelvic PT huddle, which you guys need to be a part of if you are not, if even if you're not on Facebook, like seriously, you just need to get a Facebook profile to be in the huddle. There's over 88,500 people now from all over the world in that group. It's super awesome. It's not annoying like some of the other groups for pelvic rehab people. But I originally thought that not only the idea was was dumb. I was like, oh my gosh, no one cares. There's already a ton of groups that do that. Why in the world would somebody want to join the thing? And then Jesse was like, we should call it the huddle. And I was like, huddle? Like what? Like a football huddle? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, okay. Clay Clay loves it. Clay is talking. So, but I mean, that was an example too of like something where I was like, that's so dumb. And then all of a sudden it's like, actually, it's kind of a good idea. And then I have to like play along like I hate it for even a little bit longer. Just to save face, and then I'm like, well, actually, if we spin it this way, if we made, what if we made it like this instead? And then it ends up being the best of both worlds. Yeah, that's fair. And then another question that we get a lot from you guys has just been like, what it's like working now that we've got Clay? Are we back to work? He's about three months old. You can hear him a little bit in the background having a grand old time over here on the podcast. But Nicole, found his voice. What do you want to talk about with that? Well, you know, I think one of the things is, I think we set out some good boundaries at first about like, oh, I want to have like a ton of time with him. And, and that is what we're still holding fast to in terms of patient care. But you guys, I think one of the things that Jesse and I really are excited about is that we're really passionate about helping people. It's not work for us a lot of the time. So we don't, we're back to coaching We took about, what, six weeks off about? You know, and I was really proud about how we handled that, too. I think going out on the maternity leave for us, first of all, we we did. We were very deliberate about wanting to have as much time as we wanted and give (laughs) ourselves, like, the space. 
and recognizing that we didn't know, we hadn't done this before. We didn't know how we were going to feel. And I think we've been jonesing to get back doing things at different levels for you and for me, Nicole, where it's been a little bit different in our response to that. But I mean, that was really something that was pretty transformative at Pelvic Sanity. We did a great job of training and working with our team for three months before we left so that we could have time to be able to do that. And we are going to probably continue to step back from the day-to-day operations there because we did do all that work in the training. And then with the coaching program on the business mentorship side, you know, I think we could have just either shut down or just said we're not doing anything. Instead, we actually went out and we got some fantastic guest speakers to come in to, to really add to and complement what we were saying for our people. And I thought that was also really a good lesson for us on how do we make this thing better? How do we use these circumstances to, you know, Nicole always says um, something from Jocko, right? Where something is a challenge and you say, okay, good. Like, why is it good that we're going to be out? Well, maybe people can hear a different voice. Maybe we can do some of these things. Maybe we can pre-record a lot of podcasts and get some other opinions and other thoughts on there and all of those different things that we were able to do with it. So I thought that was actually a really fun, fun piece. And so one of the first things that came back was some of our one-on-one calls with coaching. And we love those. That, that's totally. just, just, it gives us a ton of energy. And, you know, it's been a little bit of a challenge working around Mr. Clay because we used to do these Nicole words like we could bust out like 10 calls in a day because you were doing five and I was doing five and you know, wasn't a thing. And now, now it's pretty hard for you and I to be working at the same time as evidenced by Clay being right here. <laughs> yeah, totally. But then I think too, we're just, I mean, for all you parents out there too, that's been through this, like we're still navigating like what that is. And it's been difficult because, you know, he changes so fast every day. So what was going to work two weeks ago, isn't going to work today. What's going to work today, isn't going to work two weeks from now, which I think has been a big realization for me, especially for me being such a planner. Um, and really Jesse, you're a planner too. So I think that Yeah, we're working through that and figuring all of that stuff out. But overall, really great. And we're back at it. Yeah. So please send tips and tricks and any help that you have to us as we're kind of transitioning back in. But just going back, I'm just so grateful we've been able to do these 300 episodes. Nicole, I'm glad that we've done them together. It's been really fun. It's been fun to get better at them and grow and Hopefully you guys are seeing that some on the other end of this thing. And I just want to say really appreciate all of those of you who have written reviews. If you guys haven't yet on Apple Podcasts, like it does help people find us. But honestly, the bigger thing is it just makes us really, really happy. It makes me feel so good to read them. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to do that. It really does. It helps. And it helps us to see like what you guys like to hear. And what do you guys like about this podcast? What makes it unique to you? because we definitely want to keep delivering the things that you want to hear. And so we, we love doing podcasts. We are will are not stopping anytime soon. We're going to keep it at twice a week. And we hope that it brings you guys a lot of value, both clinically, both in your business, and hopefully just making you guys better overall, better people, better clinicians, and better business people. Absolutely. So for the 300th time, I'm going to say thank you guys so much for listening. We always want to keep this conversation going. And let's continue to rise.